Hello. Hello. Steph. Hey, how's it going? Oh, crap. Hey, Greg, I thought that Hi, I want to kill my boyfriend thing could have been metaphorical. Like, oh, I could just kill my boyfriend. I suppose Yo. it could have been. But I agree, we've certainly had some volatile stuff lately, so <laughs> maybe that would be it. It certainly is an odd way to introduce yourself, but uh, it might not have been quite as uh, kill-or-death uh, trolley as, as, as uh, it appeared. Poss possibly. So, uh, El Kempong? El, El Kempong. I'm Austin. Hi. <laughs> okay, I just I didn't know if that was your name or... Yeah. Okay. Austin. Or if you were actually a town. Okay. No. <laughs> so what's uh what's up? Well well first I guess thank you for uh for taking the time. Uh it's a real pleasure to, to be talking with all of you. Um exciting, certainly. <laughs> uh if if not perhaps a little nerve wracking. Um so uh, there, there are sort of a couple of things going on, I guess, um, and and I've just been sort of getting anxious about uh, <clears throat> whether whether or not I'm really implementing uh, implementing my values in life, and that's that's not really a good feeling. Um, and I'd I'd sort of like to get started on that. <laughs> you mean it's about actually putting it into uh, uh, putting it all into practice, or at least more of it than you feel you are yes, <laughs> yes. and you less, said you sort of you said you've uh, listened to a bunch of podcasts and you've uh, uh you've uh, listened to a um uh, a bunch of books and stuff like that is that right yes yes that is correct um i have i have listened to lots of podcasts i have uh read read the books um so yeah i just felt that it was time to sort of dive in <laughs> For reals, anyway. <laughs> right. Okay. And um, uh, is it is uh, what part do you feel that you're not putting into practice, or is it uh, all? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's not all. Um, <laughs> it's it's um, this is actually something that I was I was about emailing you. Um, I like you you mentioned in in one of the podcasts and i'm i'm sorry i can't remember uh which one um i think it was one of the ricky sandwich ones uh talking about how libertarian types don't really like to identify with um collectives at all or or groups um and i was i was like right there with you on the on the podcast and i was like yeah wow i i really really identify with that um and and I was really hoping that you would uh, you would sort of uh, delve into that some more, um, but but anyway, uh, hopefully not too beside the point. Um, I've I've sort of drifted away over the past year from identifying with any sort of group um, or or label uh, ideology politically, uh, religiously, whatnot, um, and I'm I'm sort of worried that that's that's more. Uh, a defense mechanism than than <laughs> anything legitimate. Um, so, in in terms of identifying as uh, an anarcho-capitalist um, in in any sort of venue, I guess it it makes me really um, uncomfortable and 
that's that's not really the place that I'd like to be at. Um, right, right. Yeah. And, uh, when you uh, think uh, about, sorry, go ahead. Um, no, sorry. Uh, please. Well, um, I I agree with you, and uh, I, I don't like calling myself. Um, a libertarian. I don't really like calling right. myself an anarcho-capitalist. Uh, it's like sort of if you're a philosopher and you don't believe in gods, it's like saying that, introducing yourself and I say, hi, I'm anti-Zeus. You know? <laughs> People say, well, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you're anti-Zeus? I mean, why can't you be uncle? You sound like you have a cult. So right. uh, I agree with you that to categorize ourselves as identifying with a specific conclusion that philosophy leads to is not very helpful, right? Right. As you say, a slave to reason and evidence. Yeah. I mean, doctors don't say, I am a prescriber of antibiotics, right? Because that's just one thing that certain aspects of science and medicine say is a good idea in certain situations, right? Right, right. Uh, I am a UPB-compliant thinker. Oh, no, wait. Actually, that's a good one. But uh, but no, we don't want to identify with conclusions. We always want to identify with a methodology, right? Because that's sort of mm. the um, – that's what keeps us uh, alive and curious. And the one thing that seems to happen to a lot of thinkers is they identify with a conclusion and then they get all kinds of rigid, Right. Right. I mean, it's, it was supposed to be scientific Marxism, and then it just became dogmatic, ideological assholery, right? <laughs> and sure. We, the same thing can, can easily happen with libertarianism, and in fact, it has happened with libertarianism in many ways. Libertarianism is just, and of course, it's a very broad term that goes all the way from, you know, paleoconservative to uh, Ron Paul supporter to uh, more on the um, the anarchist side and so on. So that's why I'm trying to wean myself off that kind of stuff and mm -hmm. just say uh, philosopher. That's fair. Um, I, I guess uh, it would be it would be more accurate than to say um, I, I sort of shrink from from bringing it up, uh, and I I've become incredibly disinterested in in any sort of uh, political conversation with uh, with the people that I usually hang out with um, any any sort of talk about politics I just sort of uh, get frustrated and or quiet um, because it it makes me really anxious <laughs> the prospect of uh, of piping up um, with with philosophy <laughs> right right uh, and and I'm I'm only too well aware of the implications of that. So so I guess that that's sort of the area that that I need some help in is uh, is sort of getting over that I guess and and actually you know, stepping up to the plate to try and uh, bring philosophy about uh, you know try and try and have reasonable conversations with other people so that. So that I can actually see who's worthwhile uh, in life. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> that's sort of like saying, with all due respect, I'm mm -hmm. really interested in becoming a doctor, so when do I get to cut someone open? <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Right, right. Well, it might be a while, right? I mean, that sure. would be sort of my, you know, it's, I mean, maybe you'll do it faster than I did. I'm certainly trying to do everything that I can to distill what took me a freaking quarter of a century into something that takes a whole lot less time. But in terms of becoming a, a, a philosopher who openly gets people interested, excited, and curious about ideas that uh, leads people through that dark chasm of thought uh, to you know, or, or dark chasm of doubt to that sort of sunlit uplands of thought on the other side, that's all horribly complicated, skilled stuff that takes you know reasoning, it takes self-RTR, it takes a, a trust of your instincts, uh, it takes a lot of confidence, it takes a lot of curiosity, it takes a lot of compassion. And these things, I think, are fairly natural to us, but they're kind of pounded out of us a lot, right? So... It is not a quick thing to become a philosopher in the way that you want. And I think it's a great thing that you want to do it. But you've been reading some books on karate, right? And now you're like, when do I get to be Chuck Norris, so to speak? That's about as much of a <laughs> metaphor as I can come up with. But, uh, and, and the thing right. is, well, you, you'll, you'll train, right? You'll, you'll learn. You'll, you'll take it a step at a time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. How's that for a total non-answer? Does that give you nothing <laughs> whatsoever? Uh, uh, let me give you something a little more specific then because that's just nonsense, right? <laughs> you know, that's the snatch my pebble speech that every <laughs> annoying teacher ever <laughs> gives, right? But uh, uh, what's going on in your personal life? I mean, forget about talking this to people about philosophy because I think what you really want is to get traction in your personal life. There are no, there's no shortcuts to certainty. Mm. about philosophy and people can smell an agenda they can smell well i want to enlighten you they can smell that six miles away and they never ever ever want to be around people like that right right and and that's that's one of the reasons that i've sort of drifted away from identifying with any sort of label whatsoever is because i i really don't like uh coming off as proselytizing uh if you will um so so when i when i say uh start having conversations uh uh, politically with people. I, I don't mean like, you know, do the whole jujitsu master, convert them in, in three conversations thing. <laughs> um, just, just sort of like, you know, getting, getting a little bit of traction, but, um, but yeah, the, the personal, the personal life, um, I am, I am also aware of, <laughs> of the emphasis that you like to place on that. Um, well, and, and uh, sorry to interrupt, but you can't, I mean, you can't take anybody any place that you haven't been yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. So you can't uh, take anyone further down to really inhabiting knowledge. I mean, not just you know something, but you really know it, right? Right. You can't take anyone further than where you've been yourself. And I'm not saying you are, and I don't know, and you can let me know. But if you're avoiding bringing values or philosophy to bear in your personal life, then you're going to be worse than useless talking to people about philosophy. You'll actually be right. in the way, right? Right. Um, yeah, this is, this is actually uh, a fairly relevant time, I guess, in, in life. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly uh, making efforts to, to do just that. Um, so... Let's see. My uh, my parents are currently in the process of getting divorced. Um, and uh, how old? Been, I'm I'm uh, coming up on twenty. 
Right. Do you think, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to get a sense. Do you think it's something like a lot of people are like, okay, they're old enough, let's break up? Or is it something more recent? Like it's been coming for a long time, but they've been kind of holding off because you kids were teenagers or whatever? Uh, in a sense. Um, I, let's see. They, it's been about a year now. They have, to, they have to be separated for a year before they can officially get divorced. Um, and, and when this was all brought up uh, the first couple of times, uh, neither they're, they're fairly uh, amicable, amicable about the whole thing. They aren't, they aren't openly bitter. Um, I like but, that. Uh, yeah. Bitter, right? I mean, it's buried there like Krakatoa. But the it's plot open. thickens. <laughs> the plot thickens. Um, <laughs> but but when when they sort of brought the whole thing up, um, they they didn't want to tell us. Um, I my my brother uh, also. They they didn't want to tell us uh, why it was exactly that they were getting divorced. Um, okay. Um, so, so I'm just going to try because I don't know your command of Swiss, but. Mm-hmm. When you said they didn't want to tell you exactly, does that mean that they didn't want to tell you approximately, or they told you ninety-five percent, but not a hundred percent, or what? What does that mean? Uh, they 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 basically didn't tell us why they were getting divorced. They they said there were there okay, were. I'm going to be issues. totally annoying. Sorry, just just mm-hmm. just so no, we please, please. <laughs> just so we can keep this conversation efficient. Uh, and, and I'll just keep annoying you as you go through this. But when you say Great. stuff, they didn't tell us exactly. When what you mean is they didn't tell us at all. That just makes it easier for me to understand, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Um, does I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Let me, let me is that clear what I mean? Or yes, I, I think so. Uh, yes, I'm. Yeah, so I'm just grit your teeth and you know give me the bald facts, so to speak. And, right. Right. Uh, okay. Um, I, I shall do my best. Um, so they they told us that there were issues between the two of them, and we didn't need to know about it until we were older. Um, so, so they left it at that. Um, and, uh, I, I just called my father up, uh, a week ago, a week and a half ago now, um, because I thought it was about, about time for me to find out exactly what it was, um, that, that caused the split. So, um, I let's see my my mother is coming up to see me. I'm taking classes over the summer. Um so she's she's coming up to have this conversation with me face to face in about another week, but but the information that I've gathered from my father thus far is um he there he he kind of belittled my mother. Um and and this was all like perhaps more shocking than it should have been. Um, when I had this conversation with him, it, it was a really, really, uh, really unpleasant conversation, but, um, he, he sort of belittled her. She's, she's into, I'm sorry. Uh, uh can you just uh, stop for a sec? When you say yes. he sort of belittled her, I'm not sure what you mean. He belittled her is what I mean. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Good. Thanks. Just dripping away Thanks. the Swiss. That's I'm looking for the holes in the Swiss cheese here. So Come I on. appreciate that. Um, so she she is into um hippy dippy sort of spiritual stuff and uh he he never took that seriously um and he would he would kind of uh jibe her about that and uh so the the impression or what what he said excuse me uh was that she felt belittled by him because uh, she felt like he was being superior, like like he was um, 
not treating her as an equal. Um, and, and I think that this translated into other areas of their life as well. Um, uh, is your dad an engineer? No, no, not an engineer. He, he is actually, uh, unemployed currently. Um, <clears throat> this, this was another, uh, large factor in, in the separation. Um, I, I sort of grew up overseas. Hi, this is Steph. A little after the fact, the listener here talked a lot about some family history stuff which he wanted to uh, have cut out, uh, so I have. So, okay, I just somebody, because you're giving me a lot of detail here that's not particularly right. relevant, which is fine. I understand that you've got a lot of info to process, but right. the, uh, what, what I'm sort of getting out of this is that your father, for reasons which you called selfish, and you can tell me more about those if you want, decided to pretend that he could save something that couldn't be saved, and as a result, he lost credibility in his company and got canned, right? Uh, yeah, essentially. Yeah, because, I mean, if they're keeping an entire division running for a year and a half, that probably costs them millions and millions of dollars, which otherwise they would have saved if they'd been able to close down the non-functioning asset earlier, right? Right, and the the new management that they brought in, they kept it up for about uh, another year and a half after he left, but then then they came to terms, I guess, with the fact that it was uh, it was beyond repair. Right. So what's happened is he's moved himself. And this is a really tough thing because obviously he sounds like a competent and respected professional. What happens is as you move up in the man- – you may know this or you may not. But what happened when you move yourself further up in the management sphere, your integrity and honesty become that much more essential. And if you don't show that or if you don't display that or d- display the opposite, which is sort of deception or avoidance, then you can't be demoted but you can't be trusted. And so there's no place for you to be, right? Right. Right. So he kind of um, toasted, he toasted his career, and so he's yes, kind of at sixes and sevens now. It's like he doesn't have good references. He's pretty high up there uh, in the uh, hierarchy, so he can't mm-hmm. take any sort of mid-level position. Uh, he's kind of overqualified for a bunch of jobs, but he's uh, underpraised or ha- doesn't have good enough performance to get the kind of jobs that he's used to. Right. Right. And um, he's uh, we we moved back, and uh, he he the plan was that he would be <clears throat> reemployed inside of a couple of months. Um, five years later, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, he he had unsuccessfully attempted to employ himself uh, and and taken a lower level job, uh, which which he then proceeded to leave. Um, he. He didn't really know, I guess, what he wanted to be when he grew up. Um, so he was he was essentially unemployed for a long time, uh, and and this was a major source of tension between my parents. Um, yeah, but you guys live on. Does your mother uh, work? Is that right? Uh, she she did eventually start to work, although we had some savings. Right. Okay. So, but this wasn't. Now, sorry. Did your did your family ever try and figure out why your dad was so unhappy in his career that he would do this? Um. I I don't think so. Um, my my mom uh wanted my dad to get another job really badly. Uh, she felt insecure living on the savings. Um, and and that's not how he felt. This is this is all uh sort of new information for me. Um, this is just what I found out from the call. I'll be getting the other side of the story soon. 
Um, but she was insecure living on the savings and, and he, uh, didn't really, uh, he, he felt fine living on the savings. He wanted to figure out, uh, you know, what the right job was for him, I guess. Uh, it just seemed like he didn't, he didn't really make a move to do that. Um, so it was, it was a major source of tension. Well, and avoidance, right? Yes. Yes. I mean, if Christina came home or I guess we don't leave home that much anymore but if she sort of said hey I don't want to I don't want to be a psychologist anymore that would be something we would have to sit down and figure out right I mean what was going on how did it come to this way uh and so on but just kind of you have to keep working because it makes me anxious and I know I'm simplifying it but that would not be something that would help her right right I mean if somebody I mean the reason that we run out of steam in these areas is that and, and your dad ran out of steam, right? I mean, he just he just didn't. Yeah, care, he did. Right? He just he just yeah. like who gives a shit, right? And and we all have yes. those, right? It's those risky business moments, right? We all, uh, but sometimes they just they just stay. It certainly happened to me, uh, but uh, in, in a variety of things. But and and it happens in relationships too, right? <laughs> Why am I here? What's going on? But um, uh, it's it's when you make a decision that's not. Um, authentic or organic early on and you could sustain it sometimes for years or even decades but eventually your whole motivation just goes poof right right it caught up to him right and then you have a real tough time because you need a soft place to land uh, you need to, you still have responsibilities because you chose to have a family you chose to have kids right you chose to incur those expenses right Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, people don't you, people don't understand, and and you, I think, know it. I know it. Some other people on this call know it. They don't understand what an ephemeral thing motivation can be. Like motivation can just leave you in the fucking dust one day, and it's like, huh? <laughs> I thought we were doing fine, and now <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. And what the hell? Right. I mean, again, it doesn't something. It's just weird, right? And then and then this thing which you did and and maybe even enjoyed for a long time. You just can't stomach it. Like it, it can literally be one day to the next, right? Right. So that's yeah. That's, um, and he, it doesn't sound he, sorry. It doesn't sound like your family was the kind of environment where this could be processed, right? No, not really. I don't. Uh, I I think that they tried. Sorry, to, when you say not really, do you mean that it kind of wasn't? I, I mean no. <laughs> I mean no. Okay, thank got you it. for that. <laughs> I appreciate the insistence. Sure. Um, Annoying uh, is my game. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> what what a lovely game it is. <laughs> um, they they it sounds like they tried to um, to communicate about these issues. Um, I I heard that they uh, tried going to uh, marriage counseling, um, but my father felt like this was just sort of. Uh, flippy dippy spiritual stuff i guess he didn't really connect with the counselor um and so my mother felt more belittled by this um and so i i don't think that the communi uh sorry that the communication between them uh i guess for for several years before they actually uh made the jump to get separated was was pretty bad Right. Okay. Now, why uh, why are you telling me all this? I don't mind that you are. I'm just curious what uh, why you're telling me this. 
Um, that that was uh, that's just sort of um, the the place that I'm at right now. I'm uh, and with with the personal life, my mother's coming up to to have the why did we get separated conversation. Anyway, um, I, uh, I I feel like really really um, anxious uh, and thinking about talking uh, to my parents about about all of this. Um, Sorry, and what? I I feel I feel anxious um, talking to my parents about this, and I'm sorry um, about I, what? Uh, about their separation, um, about you won't be talking. Their, you'll be listening, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, I, yeah, I guess about hearing about it. Um, so why do you feel anxious but, about it? Um, I they uh, it. It's it's not a pleasant prospect to uh, to contemplate how bad things were between them, um, and and I I already know that it was really bad, uh, but I guess it, it's it's just not something. I'm sorry, you're fading out a little bit there. Could you just uh, oh sorry, again? is that better? Yeah, it's better. Great. Um, it's it's just not a pleasant prospect hearing about exactly how bad things were between them. Um, and and sort of uh, confronting them, asking them about why it is that that they weren't more uh, proactive communicating any of this stuff to us before. Um, I don't I don't really. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Um, it's just that that you're giving me conclusions, and I don't know what the cause of those conclusions are. So you say, well, it's going to be unpleasant to hear them talk about how bad the marriage was, and I don't right. know why. I don't know why that would be unpleasant. I mean, again, with all sensitivity to that it's not fun for your parents to get divorced and all that. Sure. What is it that's unpleasant? What is it that you anticipate is going to uh, be unpleasant? Well, what is going to happen that you just think is, is bad? And I'll sort of tell you because the anticipation is the problem, right? Like right. last year, I had the tooth cracked. I had to get the tooth extracted, right? I didn't mm. actually feel any nervousness in particular, after I found out I had to get the tooth extracted. It was not knowing what the hell was going on that was the problem, right? Right. So what is it that you fear is going to happen in this conversation? Because if the marriage was bad and they got split up and you're 20, I'm mm. not saying it's fun, but the worst is behind you, right? Right. Like for me, once I actually got the tooth out, it was like, actually, this is okay, right? I mean, <laughs> it's right at the back. It's not visible. Uh, it doesn't cause any problems it's healed perfectly i can still chew so it was like it's all behind me now right mm -hmm. um the, the you fear something sorry you fear something in the future right and, yes. and when they go and talk about the past that's all behind you right but it's right. something in the future that you fear yes um i the the proactive communication uh i i don't i really don't like that that i had to come to them to talk about this and and in talking about that I'm I'm sort of scared of their reaction. Um, <clears throat> I I brought this up with my father. I asked him uh, why they weren't more open about this before, and he gave me some some sort of passive aggressive stuff like, you know, if if we made a mistake parenting, then I apologize. Um, oh no! <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't laugh. That's terrible. Oh, well, you know, fine, mistakes, but... <laughs> if, if mistakes were made. Uh, please submit the complaints through the proper channels, right? No, I know. That's right, right. Emphasis was mine, but but essentially, uh, excuse me, 
that's what he said. Um, and can I give you um, can I give you a thought on this? Uh, just what I just to sort of clarify where I think you might be, and you can let me know if it's all nonsense. I'd love to hear it. <clears throat> well, it sounds to me, Austin, that you're kind of you're kind of hanging on to your respect for your parents with your broken fingernails. <laughs> right? Right. And they're they're kind of fucked up, right? <laughs> and and it's, not it's a little not bit, right? Pretty. It's not looking pretty. <laughs> right, right. So you're kind of like just like please don't be dicks, right? <laughs> please, please don't yep. be idiots. Don't be defensive. Don't be annoying. Be wise. Be mature. Be someone that I can look up to. Don't turn me into the parent. Right? Right. And, and so in, in anticipating these conversations, thinking about uh, you know, RTR and, and all of that good stuff, uh, it, it's anxiety-inducing. Um, so that's probably not a very good indication either. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sort of hanging on with broken fingernails, I guess. <laughs> Right, and what that means is that you don't respect them. I mean, you're willing yourself to, right? Or you want to. Yeah, right? yeah. We all want parents we love. We all want parents we respect. And that doesn't mean perfect parents, and that doesn't mean parents who are never petty or immature, but parents who, like, they write themselves, you know? They can be petty or immature or, or nasty, and then they say, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened to me there, but we'll figure it out. And they, they, they're kind of like a ship. You know, they write themselves again, right? Right. But it sounds like it's uh, – it sounds like – I don't put, I, mean, I can't put any words in your mouth, but you don't even know me, right? But, but this is sort of what I'm getting from you. It's like there's nothing sadder. It, almost. There's nothing sadder when you are someone's kid and you first look at them and you realize you just can't respect them. And you've been trying and you've given them opportunities and that's why the first book was on truth, right? Which is to talk to parents about ethics. Right. And... When you look at your parents and you realize that they're infantile, that they're defensive, that they're immature, that they're petty, and they may not have always been that way, but that's where they've ended up, and there isn't any particular chance of changing it, particularly at their stage in life, that's, that's really sad, right? Yes. And I bet that your prediction is going to be bang on. Because you've got a prediction, right, how it's going to go. Yes, I do. Right. I mean, when I had my tooth problems, I didn't think, like, they're going to give me candy, <laughs> right? I mean, I didn't think it was going to be great. I knew it was going to be gonna something like bad. It's going to feel like a massage. I, I'm sorry? It's going to feel like a massage. I hope there's a happy ending, right? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> uh, so, so you have a prediction that things aren't going to go positively. In fact, I bet you know exactly how it's going to go, right? Yep. I mean, you've known these people for 20 years, right? You've studied mm. them like an anthropologist because that's what children do in a family. They study their parents. 
They're like a farmer yeah. studying the weather. That's that's her job. We study our parents. And that's why if you're kind of not that great a person, having children is going to make you chronically annoyed. Because kids, uh, my brother put it this way once, and I, I think he's right. I mean, he said the kids just, you know, you got this big box of issues, right? And everybody else in your life, they're just going to, they skirt around to these issues, right? They're like, oh, okay, well, we don't go there. Or they're polite, right? Because we're British, right? So that's what we do. We don't, we don't make anybody upset. No religion, no politics, no sex, right? Right. But he said kids, they're just like, hey, what's in the box, right? <laughs> they just reach in and rummage around and yank stuff out, right? They don't know. They're not sensitized that way or you could say traumatized that way, right? And so we know all of our parents' failings, all their weaknesses, all their pettiness, and we can survive, our respect can survive that, right? And, uh, right. and, and flourish even, right? I mean, nobody requires perfection because none of us are perfect. But, but there's kind of like the straw that breaks the camel's back, right? Where you kind of look at your parents and you go, man, I just I can't do it anymore. I'd love to, really would love to. But I just can't in terms of yeah, that- respect and love and... Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. That phone call was sort of was sort of that straw for me, I think. Well, when did it start for you though, right? Sorry, when when did when did what start for me? When did it start for you this this unraveling? Um I I had sort of uh avoided thinking about uh a lot of this for a long time. Um and uh and yeah, uh, my my girlfriend um, asked me some questions about it. Uh, mentioned that I had been uh, maybe a little bit on the emotionless side. Um, <laughs> so I've <laughs> I've I've listened to your podcasts on on that as well. <laughs> Do you know uh, why I'm laughing? No, no. <laughs> my girlfriend commented that I may have been a little <laughs> bit on the emotionless side. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Only you about me. one tenth, maybe one fifteenth, maybe about one twelfth Vulcan. That's what I think she said. Occasionally, but just, I mean, you have your fluency. Oh God! Swiss. You caught you me. The official badge of Swissery. But sorry, go on. <laughs> um, fair enough. Um, so, so I had I had avoided dealing with some of this, and uh, I thought that it was about time to to start trying to deal with it. So that's why I called up my father. Um, so it's, it's really only recently started for me um, because I had been, I had been avoiding it. Uh, yeah. Right. And you realize you're avoiding it again, right? Yes. Do you want yes, to pass your girlfriend in? I'll ask her. Just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so, let me ask you this, because I can ask you some more functional questions, because you seem to be a functional kind of fellow. What? Because I, I, I speak Swiss and Vulcan, so uh, I can <laughs> I can switch. Um, when? Okay, this is not to, to do with anything to do with praising me or anything like that, but uh, this is just a comparator, right? So mm-hmm. you, Austin, were um, were interested in talking to. Me or, or somebody else in the chat room because you needed some, some feedback or some whatever perspective or advice or whatever, right? Right. And good for you. I mean, 
dear God, if only the world could be full of people who actually were willing to ask for advice when they were confused, right? Right. I mean, it's not easy to do, right? And we're all just afraid that we're not going to get picked for the sports team called Help Me, but good for you for doing it. I think that's uh, courageous. I think that's manly, uh, manful. I think it's, it's, uh, it's wonderful. So uh, I guess the question I have for you is, when did you last do that with your dad? Ooh, I couldn't. I couldn't even think of a time. Okay, let's say you're four, right? <laughs> and you have a problem, right? Can right. you go to your dad? Do you go to your dad? Did you ever go to your dad? You say, "Oh, there's a bully," or "I have a problem at school," or "I have a problem." I don't know. I can't tie my shoe. Whatever, right? Um. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess definitely when I when I was younger, if I had. Uh, problems with uh with kids at school or uh concerns about classes or something i would i would go to my parents to talk about that with them how old are we talking here um probably probably up through middle school or so uh so uh means 10 10 to 13 maybe okay so when you were 13 you went to your you were still you were going to your parents Uh, for advice that, that might be a little bit late but so probably can you something a little more closer. Well, yeah, I don't just uh, mean abstract. Like you, you got to if you want to do the feeling thing, then you have to get used to living in your skin and not saying, "Well, I guess scientifically and approximately, I can see somewhere around ten to 30. Like try and remember the last time that you actually did uh, that you can remember going to them for help, right? Um, hmm. I I would go to both of them uh actually in in high school so as uh uh maybe two or three years ago if I was getting really frustrated with uh uh with classes um with activities and stuff um it was it was always a really big push to uh fill up a resume to get into college um so I, I would get really, really frustrated with all of the things that, that I was trying to do. Um, and I would, I would sort of uh, go to both of my parents. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they just would tell me, um, you know, you're, you're just about there. Um, you know, keep it up. I know it sucks now, but it'll be worth it. You're just um, about there. What does that mean? Uh, you're, sorry, you're just about means. You're just about in college. Uh, oh, sorry. It'll, it'll only when I hear that phrase, but okay, right? Okay. Um, so so that, I mean, to, I've right? I've gone to them recently, but I I mean, I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't really. It it wasn't very satisfactory. Um, okay, it wasn't it, really satisfactory. Does that mean that it was somewhat satisfactory? Uh. Uh. No, not really. It was it was just sustaining. Um, it it helped me kind of keep trucking along, um, but I, I wasn't like, very happy because I, I can't I can't figure out this interaction at all. Like you come and you say X, Y, and Z is bothering me, and they're like, "You'll be in college soon," and you're like, "Okay, I'll keep trucking along." Um, yeah, they they would say, uh, you know, you you've got a. Excuse me. Um, they would say, 
you're doing such a great job. You know, you've been balancing everything so well. Um, you know, you're, you're doing such a great job. We're proud of you. Um, you know, keep it up. You're, you're just about, uh, across the finish line. Um, so, so that's, that's what I meant. Is, is that Sorry. any clearer? I think or? you just stole my motivation for the next year as well. <laughs> Cause I mean, that's not <laughs> listening to you at all. Right. Right. I mean, they're right. just like, hand me that parenting Hallmark card. And they just read it, flip it open, right? <laughs> You're doing fine. You're almost there. Signed, mom and dad. Good for you. And then it plays right. an electronic song, right? Or something like that. Mm -hmm. okay. Right. And, and I've, I've tried to, uh, to do some of the legwork uh, on my own. And this is, this is something that has uh, occurred to me before. Um, but they, they always tried to uh, encourage, or, or at least they would say, you know, come to us to talk about anything. Um, so, so that only made it feel that much worse when I, when I thought about something like this, where, where I would go to them to talk about things, and, and they would just say, keep trucking along. <laughs> right, okay. They, they, yeah, they, they would always say, you know, open, honest communication is a really good thing. Um, you know, feel, feel free to come and talk to us about anything. Um, right. And, right, and sort of what they meant was, you talk at us and we'll make comforting noises. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I don't want to uh, put words yes. in your mouth, Excuse right? Yes. But it just seems to me like, um, I mean, if you were to characterize the conversation that we're having, I'm not saying, you're doing great, <laughs> you know, you're, <laughs> you know, and I, th I think you are, I mean, but, but that doesn't, I mean, it doesn't mean anything, right? Because if you already believed that you were doing great, you wouldn't be frustrated, right? And, and if you don't believe that you're doing great, then me just saying that you are is actually telling you that you're wrong, which is even more frustrating, right? Right. Okay, so let's try this one on, which is and, – and you're – again, you're dodging, you're twisting, you're turning. Fabulous, right? I'm, I'm like Snoopy on a doghouse here, right? Oh, sorry. You're too young to get that <laughs> reference. I mean, no, sorry. no. I, I oh, you got totally it? Got okay. Good, good. All right. Um, curse you, Red Baron, but tell me when you've gone to your parents and gotten useful insights, knowledge, and advice. And I don't mean technical things like how do I hook up the VCR. Again, you're probably right. too young to get that reference too. But, oh, uh, no, no. I used VCRs. <laughs> I know. Not quite <laughs> that yet. We're not that quite. We're not, not that, that far apart. There's a no. gramophone, see? But right. <laughs> um, so tell me when you went to your parents and got some good advice. Something that was actually helpful, not, you know, breaking out the parental cheerleaders, you know, in emergency, break glass, retrieve pom-poms, read from Hallmark Cart, right? But, but when you actually, they listened to you, they absorbed, they said, well, you know, based on my experience, or I've tried this approach or that, or what do you think of this, or have you tried that? Or when have you sat down with your parents and gotten some useful advice? Um. I'm thinking, and take your and it's time. Sort of take scary. your time. I don't. I don't okay. want to rush you, right? And I. I'm not trying to build a case here. Like, I mean, right, if you right. told me stuff, I'd be thrilled, right? I mean, but right. I mean, the important thing is just to be honest to say, well, when did you get? Uh, and did you can take your time and think, right? Right. Um, 
because there's this while you're while you're thinking, I'll distract people with <laughs> babble as I often do. But there's this huge right the there's supposed to be this sun at the center of our solar system called wisdom, right? But there isn't. And what we get is pat answers. We get bromides. We get cliches. You know, keep on trucking, right? But there's supposed to be the solar system that we all orbit to different depths called wisdom. And wisdom comes from philosophy and self-knowledge and the unexamined life, sorry, the examined life, as Socrates talked about, this is nothing new, but we have the additional tools of psychological mm-hmm. insight now as well. But we're supposed to have this thing that we orbit called wisdom. And there's, there's nothing there, right? We're like a bunch of planets floating through space without anything to orbit around, and we keep thinking there's something there. And this something is the government, or it's God, or it's parents, or it's teachers, it's something, that's that's supposed to, dear Abby, I don't know. It's supposed to have this. There's supposed to be this wisdom that we're we're orbiting. And when I ask people, it's astounding how like nobody ever remembers getting good advice. Um. Uh. Let's see. I really did appreciate uh, some advice that they gave me recently. Uh, and and thinking about what I'd like to study uh, at at university here, um, I've I've been uh, uh, sort of thinking about different things, um, and I, I called them up to talk about transferring from one school uh, to a, a different school inside of my university, and uh, I, I appreciated it when they said, you know, you you have to figure out what it is that that you enjoy doing. Um, and and go with that. Uh, that was that was more from my dad than from my mom. My mom was sort of hesitant on that, um, but I, I felt like that was that was uh, pretty good advice, I guess. Okay, uh, and your dad has certainly earned, you know, that advice because, I mean, he kind of right. bombed out his career, right? Exactly, and okay. I, I think that that's one of the reasons that he was so. Uh, enthusiastic to to dole this out. Right. And I'm not going to try and downgrade that advice to nothing. Mm-hmm. But shit. Sorry. That is a that's a tad on the on the technical side. And again, I don't mm-hmm. wanna I don't wanna mean that, that 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 therefore it's you know useless or you know there's some hoops that your parents have to jump through to to satisfy, you know, ye old mad internet philosopher, but <laughs> that is uh it's good advice, you know, do, do what, what you like. It's not right. hugely insightful, and it's also kind of technical, right? Have you ever gone to your parents about advice with your, uh, with your girlfriend? Um, yeah, I've, I've gone to them to talk about girls in the past. Um, And uh, was it uh, sorry? You would just was it helpful? Was it something that was uh, positive and useful? Um, yes, yes, I, I, I think so. Um, sorry, I don't don't want to sound like I'm talking Swiss again. Um, but uh, I, um, let's see, I had uh, some some issues, sort of. Um, Sorry, there I go again. I had issues uh, with 
with a couple of girls uh, earlier on where uh, they'd, they would sort of, excuse me, there I go again, they would be rather bossy, and I would just sort of uh, submit to See, rather is happening. so much better than sort of. That was funny. Oh, gosh. <laughs> look at, tough, look right? at me it's go. Tough. Look it's at tough. me go. Yes, it is. Um, anyway, they, they would be very assertive, um, and I would submit to, uh, to whatever it was. Uh, I, it's, it's sort of a challenge. Excuse me. <laughs> it's a challenge for me to uh, assert... Uh, my needs and and relationships, so they they encouraged me to do that when I would go and talk to them about girls um, in the past. Okay, so but, that helped in terms of uh, you then were were more assertive about your needs, and the bossy girls backed off a bit, and you got some some better communication that way. Eventually, yes. Okay, but but the advice was good, right? Yes. Okay, good. And when was that? I would say so. Uh, that would have been four years ago. All right. And uh, so we have over, and again, I, I'm not going to, to say that this is all of it, and you may think of more uh, after this call, and I'm not trying to right. diminish this, but we're talking two over 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that took a bit of thinking, right? That it did. I mean, I get two a day from my wife. More sometimes if I'm going through something that's more challenging, particularly with all this crazy shit, shit that I do at FDR, right? Mm-hmm. So that's two over 20 years. Yeah, that's really sad. Well, tell me uh, this, right? I mean, you, 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 you listen to an average FDR podcast, maybe 30 or 40 minutes. How many things do you think that are useful or insightful are in a 30 or 40-minute podcast? Oh, plenty. Um, more, more than two in 20 years. <laughs> right. So maybe uh, I would say conservatively a couple to a dozen, right? Probably of stuff that just goes, huh, or whoa, hadn't thought of that or whatever, right? Right. So we got you have we have the capacity in useful conversations and this doesn't mean that this is all that these conversations have to be or that's all we ever do but we have the capacity to communicate useful important helpful information to each other. Mm -hmm. At the rate of 10 every half hour. And what you're looking at is a drought. Well, I don't know how the hell you got across these deserts. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't mean to get sidetracked, but speaking of deserts, uh, the, the end of uh, Everyday Anarchy was absolutely fantastic. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Just, just like the past, uh, excuse me, the last two or three minutes when you started talking about uh, crossing deserts of isolation and and the box song came back on. It was really really powerful, <laughs> really well, powerful. You. 
Thanks, yeah. thanks to Carl, who's on this call too. Uh, he supplied some excellent music, and he's doing the soundtrack for the new one, which has uh, got some stuff uh, like that in it too. But uh, so. Well, I look forward to hearing that, Carl. Good job. <laughs> thanks. Um, and the amazing thing is, is he does it with a kazoo and a spoon. I mean, that's the real talent. Oh, that's oh wow! That. So. <laughs> that's great. Um, yes, yes. Anyway, so look, and, and let's let's say that you'll think of ten times more, right? Ten times more, uh, and it's twenty. It's not two, right? Still twenty over twenty years, right? It's one a year. It's one a year. What now we're talking is one a fucking decade. One useful, positive, wise conversation every 10 years. That means if your parents live another 30 years, you got three more. Right? Oh, that makes me really sad. (laughs) Yeah, well, tell me about that because I can totally understand that. Um, I, I guess it's, it's just staring over, uh, over the cliff, you know, trying to hang on with, uh, with broken fingernails, as you said. Um, but it's a wonderful metaphor, but only I'm allowed to use metaphors when we're talking about feelings. So <laughs> tell me about the feeling. Well, excuse me. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it, it, um, it it's makes me really sad. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because what we get, at least what I'm getting coming off you, and let me know if this is, makes any sense, but what I get is this, this feeling of um, empty and wasted time. And, and this is the great tragedy of families, right? I mean, people say I'm anti-family. It's like, no, I'm just anti-unrelatedness. Un- I'm anti-emptiness. I'm anti- I'm anti- I'm anti-wasted time. I'm anti-distraction. I'm anti-bullshit. And a few meaningful conversations over 20 years is absolutely tragic. Yeah, yeah. That rings true. It's like, what are we doing with our time as a family? Like, what does your family talk about? Sunday dinner, you're 15. What's well, we about? we sort of stopped having dinner together uh, about the time I was 13 or 14. So, so there weren't really any Sunday dinners. Okay. Um, together anyway. <laughs> it's Sunday. <laughs> Good dodge, bro. But we can go back two years. I can say 13 as easily as I can say 15. You're 13, <laughs> and it's a family dinner. What are you talking about? And I'll just give you a tiny example, and this doesn't mean that this is 24-7 with my wife and I, but we were just talking tonight. I spent about an hour, and we were talking about, like, I, I uh, took a break from recording this endless audiobook, and I went for a swim this afternoon. And I was sitting by the pool, and I saw this girl who happened to remind me of an old girlfriend, and I was talking with my wife about it. You know, like how if people treat you badly in your life, you always think that someday they're going to call you up and say, I'm sorry that I treated you badly and what the difference is between people who experience uh, this kind of guilt or remorse and the people who don't. And like we had this great conversation, right? And we have one or two of those a day because that's called being related as far as I'm concerned. 
It doesn't mean we right. can't also have pillow fights, but but you know that's that's the foundation, right? Mm-hmm. So, what are you all talking? Yeah. I don't get this with families. Like, I genuinely don't. Well, what do you talk about when you're at dinner? You're thirteen. Someone's well, it's oh, pass me the mash. Like, what are you talking about? It's it's a little bit difficult for me to remember, um, but I it was it was usually just. Um, how was your day? Um, you know, what was class like? Or how was work? Um, <laughs> Wait, can you just slow down these questions? My soul is <laughs> leaving my body a little bit, and I'm trying to duct tape it back in, but sorry, please go on. Uh, <laughs> well, on, on the rare occasions where, where we would uh, try and rally together for a family dinner uh, over the past four or five years, it might not have even been that. Uh, it was it was just sort of awkward. I like where you're sort wow. of sitting there and thinking of topics like, oh God, what can I talk about? Yeah, yeah. That would be a fairly accurate characterization. I think Satan is living in my foot <laughs> or something like that. I always blurt stuff, right? So, okay. Nothing, nothing very substantive. Nothing very substantive. Nothing substantive. Excuse me. <laughs> okay. All right. So, what are you doing with these people? And by that, I don't mean see your family or don't see your family, because I never tell anybody to not see their family. Well, not that what I say means anything. I'm just a bunch of bits on the internet, right? But why would you want to put up with all this emptiness? With your short life, now you're 20, you're going to live forever, right? But it's not true, right? You got 50 years, maybe 60 years. You could get hit by a bus in two weeks, right? Right. Why would you want to put up with all this emptiness and avoidance and unrelatedness and chatter and nonsense? Maybe there's something I don't understand because I, I never have been able to put up with that stuff. And maybe there's a case to be made that I just don't – I mean I'm totally open to the – you know, make the case. Sell me on crap, right? I mean sell me on unrelatedness. Sell me on empty chatter. Sell me on avoidance. Maybe there's some <laughs> giddy pleasure to it that I can't figure out. But it doesn't even feel like people have fun on this fucking heroin, but they still want to take it. Right. Um. Yeah, I guess, uh, excuse me, I guess, there I go again. Um, there, there wouldn't be a really good reason. Do you think that you can break through this void? Like if you were to sit down and tell your parents what we're talking about right now, what would you say? Um, Hello, robots. I'm oh, sorry, go on. <laughs> go on. <laughs> Danger, Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you tell them about what we're talking about. Actually, I would I would try my best to to tell them exactly what it what it is that we were talking about because I'd I'd really want to see how they would how they would respond to that. Um, I I would I would. <clears throat> 
uh, talk to them about the empty, empty wasteland sort of feeling and, and just really in the interest of seeing what they would do. Um, but I, I would, I would definitely try and, uh, and be, uh, totally upfront with them about it. Uh, just just to sort of see how they'd respond. Um, I I can't really imagine them uh, responding positively, but I guess I would I would still give it a shot. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's naive. Wait, sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm just getting a little dizzy surfing on your enthusiasm here. Let me just uh, let me just calm the board down a little. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could talk to them about the emptiness and the horror of the. Um, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, it's it's a daunting prospect, right? But um, yeah, yeah. well, let me ask you this: When you would be sitting at the age of thirteen, it's hard to remember the topics, but you're sitting at dinner right. at the age of thirteen. What was your feeling at dinner when you were sitting there and people were just yawning their way through another empty conversation? That was essentially it, just yawning, yawning away. So you through. were bored, right? Yeah, I just sort of wanted to go back and uh, I don't know read or play a game or something. Yeah, you needed some stimulation, right? Because the horrifying thing about families is they're kind of like isolation chambers, you know? Like you just, they're so <laughs> unstimulating. If you, if you take away the anxiety and the confusion and the upset and sometimes the anger and so on, you take all of that away, they're unbelievably boring, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they make you dazed with boredom. And I'll tell you this. I mean, it doesn't sound like your parents were like, you know, crazy, hitting kind of yelly, crazy parents. But those no. parents are completely boring as well. And there comes a time where the sort of storm and stress of dysfunction just kind of evaporates. And you say, oh, this person's just a broken clockwork, angry robot. You know, they're completely predictable. There's nothing new that comes out of this person because defenses are grindingly predictable. It's... Maybe why people who are determinists tend to be so defensive because there is a grinding predictability to to people who are defensive or people who are avoidant. But why wouldn't you have said? I don't think you should have, or, or maybe, but but just why wouldn't you have said when you were thirteen? You know what, mom and dad? I don't know why, but I I find these dinners really boring. Like, I just, I want to get up, I want to go read, I want to go do something. But we're a family. Why, why do you think I'm so bored? I mean, are you bored? Do you feel this is kind of, like, not interesting? Or, or you know, what are you guys thinking? It would have just been really uncomfortable. Um, yeah, they, they wouldn't have reacted with any sort of enthusiasm or... Uh, or, or, and and in, in any way, shape, or form, uh, positivity. Well, to a what would they have said? Because I, I think um, I just met that part of your parents a minute or two ago. But, but, um, what would they have said? Um, okay, so, so I just said I'm, I'm sort of bored. Excuse me. 
I'm well, bored. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll play you. You play your dad, right? So you don't have to do the two-hand puppets thing, right? So we're sitting at dinner, whatever. I'd say, you know, like we have the same conversation and it doesn't – I just I feel bored. I feel like we're not relating to each other. Um. Gosh, I'm uh, I'm having I'm having trouble trying to think of, of what, what you, you would say. say, right? Yeah, because because you understand, right? All that is is being honest, right? I mean, you're not insulting anyone. You're not being rude. You're just saying my experience of this family dinner is boredom. And mm-hmm. what's, what are other people's experience of this family dinner? Because all that is is just honesty, right? Right. I mean, there are these unbelievable chasms in family. You know, everybody's supposed to, oh, family, we're so tight, we're so this. But it's like, and I have this so often with people, and if you talk to people about this after you work through this stuff with your family, but like, it's so common. Oh, the family, the family. But... There's this incredible gulf because it's like when you say, well, why couldn't you just have told the truth? Because your parents say to you, right, tell the truth, right? They prefer for you to tell the truth rather than lie, right? Right. And so you say, okay, well, so I should tell the truth about what I'm feeling at dinner, right? Right. But that's not good, right? No. Suddenly telling the truth, ooh, that's not good, right? No longer. So, and is this the, I mean, I'm assuming that this is not so much the case with your girlfriend, right? No, no. Right. So, isn't that what you're scared of? I mean, these people erase you, right? I'm sorry, these people what? Erase you. They, you, you have to manage yourself. You have to watch what you say. You have to not offend them. They're like bombs that you have to defuse, right? You don't daydream when you're defusing a bomb. You can't dream. You can't be spontaneous. You can't break into a jig. You can't spin plates, right? You can't juggle. It's like, just got to get the bomb defused, right? Right. We, we don't have um, a sense of self where, when we're in that kind of danger. And, and by danger, I don't mean any kind of abusive danger in this way. But... You can't be yourself, right? No. No, I couldn't be. Right. So if I said, hey, Austin, love to come over and steal your soul. Do you mind if I borrow it for a day or two? (laughs) You'd be like, no, get behind me, Baldy, right? (laughs) Yes, that that would... Be my response verbatim, actually. <laughs> right. And if you want to know why your girlfriend says you're one twelfth Vulcan, because <laughs> your family opposes your spontaneous feelings, your thoughts, your true self, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you saw what that did to your father, right? I did. I did. You don't want that. Really scary. No. You don't want that. That's just living death, right? Right. Hmm. And that's, I mean, that's all I want, right? If I have kids, I mean, that's 
I just if they're bored, I want them to be able to say, "Dad, I'm bored." I guess that would be a pretty crucial difference. <clears throat> well, or, I mean, excuse they're me, not, that they're not a- there for my convenience, right? I mean, you don't have children because they make you feel better, right? I mean, you're there to be a parent, right? To, to get to know them, to understand them, to help them trust themselves, to help them trust their own feelings and their thoughts and to respect themselves. And you don't get that. You don't do your job as a parent. I mean, to me, parent is not a title. It's not sperm and egg, right? Parent is, you know what they say, it's, it's a verb, it's not a noun. It's not a biological descriptor. It's what you do. Right? And if all you're doing is you're feeding and, and, and clothing and sheltering your children, that's not parenting. Right? That's fucking lawn care. Right? Right. Parenting is when you talk to your children and you listen to your children and you teach them how to live. I mean... I'm not a teacher if I force people to sit in a classroom and then sit there picking my nose. You're damn right. <laughs> I mean, public school teachers, they're not teachers, right? They're like grating babysitters. And your parents, it's just a biological word. It means nothing. I mean, and this is something I've always felt. I mean, I was six years old. I was in boarding school, and I was – I had to write letters to my dad every Saturday. You had to get up. You had to get a haircut, and you had to sit down and write a letter to you, to your dad. And I wrote to him, and I wrote, Dear Tom, right? Mm-hmm. And they were appalled, right? I said, You cannot call him Tom. He's your father. It's like, no, he's not. He doesn't live with me. I never see him. I don't ever remember him being around the family because my parents split up when I was like a couple of months old, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, he's not my father. Because my father would be someone who would play ball with me, right? Who would take me fishing, who would teach me about the trees, right? Who would ask me what I thought and felt, who would cuddle me if I had a bad dream, right? That would be a father. This fucking sperm donor in Africa is just some dick with a dick. So, I just, I'm inviting you, perhaps not so gently, but I'm sort of inviting you to just look at what it is to be a parent, right? Because that's going to that's gonna condition how you relate to people. Because you've got this template called conformity, dishonesty, emptiness, avoidance, alienation, manipulation, whatever, right? Mm. That's not parenting. No, no. That's a really good way to throw perspective on it. Um, that's not even pet no, care, right? Definitely not. And you don't want that to be your template for your girlfriend, for future relationships, for your wife, for you as a father in time. 
No, I wouldn't really wish it on anyone. Right, right. And that's why I think you felt the sadness, and the sadness is what is so often the case in families. The sadness is just solitude. Right? There's no loneliness like an unrelated family. It's it's sort of strange. I'm I'm not even feeling that sad right now. It's more like just relief. Uh <laughs> No, I think that, I blew your mind by mentioning that I got a haircut because this would make. Things <laughs> I mean, that's that's I think what that's what thrown you off completely. But sorry, go ahead. Um, no, I. <laughs> um, it's it's a little bit surprising to me, uh, but it's it's more just like a feeling of relief. Um, like I mean, all of that makes perfect sense and uh that 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 little nudge the the perspective uh that's that's pretty much exactly what i was looking for uh sorry i've been i've been accused of many things but providing little nudges has never been one of them (laughs) (laughs) large nudges perhaps (laughs) calling calling in the airstrike calling in the airstrike (laughs) An elbow in the ribs. Um, no, the the perspective though. Uh, I I would have thought that would make me really sad, but it's, well, it's a, it's, it's a relief really... to have something identified, right? This this dead spot, this dead this this dead chasm in your history, right? The dead not being you, but just unrelatedness, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just, it's ridiculous, and it's so common. It's so common. We don't know how common it is until we actually start talking about the unspeakable, which is the lack of relatedness in families. I mean, I've been going to, um, uh, to, to this pool, um, you know, once or twice a week. Uh, if I just get tired of working in the tandoori oven I call an office, I go to the pool and I'll have a swim, right? And Christina uh, had a couple of patients who canceled the other day. We both went to the pool, and... There were a whole bunch of kids there, right, and uh, a whole bunch of parents. And the kids were playing in the pool, and the parents were napping or talking on cell phones or listening to iPods or whatever, right? And look, this happens, and it's not like you have to spend (laughs) your whole life nose-to-nose with your kid. But this is a pretty common thing when we see these families there, and this is a wide variety of families and so on. And uh, they just – I've seen one mom – play with her kid for about 20 minutes the whole time that I'd be going to this pool. Now, sometimes if I'm sort of in the mood, I'll get a game going with the kids. I used to work in a daycare, so I'm pretty good with wrangling kids. And I'll right. get a game going with the kids and I'll learn their names and I'll you know, make jokes with them and so on. And they're so happy. They're so thrilled that somebody actually wants to sit there and play. We'll play you know, volleyball or whatever. Right? We'll play something. And it's shocking to me because I, I just can't understand it fundamentally. It'd be like getting married and not wanting to talk to your wife. I just don't understand it. If you don't want to talk to the woman, don't get married. And if you right, don't exactly. want to talk to your children, why? I, can't, I want to go to these parents and shake them and say, why did you have these children? I don't understand it. If you want to talk on the phone and listen to your fucking iPod, why did you have the children?
yeah, that's completely understandable. Uh, wow. And I, I mean, this is an interesting question. I mean, for your parents, why did they have children? Because they didn't want to know what you thought and felt. Otherwise, you'd have been able to say, I'm kind of bored here. And they wouldn't have taken offense. They'd have said, oh, um, tell us more. Like, why aren't children ever allowed to help the family emotionally? Why aren't they ever allowed to point out deficiencies within the family in terms of relatedness? That's a really good question. I guarantee you, my kid is going to be better connected emotionally than I am. Guaranteed. And if I think that I'm going to only be teaching my kid, I have got it completely bass backwards, right? Mm-hmm. Kids want to contribute to a family. Kids want to have a voice within a family. They want to help within a family. They want to be valued members of the team in a family, right? Right. Not house plants that you have to water, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Not, they want to contribute. Yeah, shouldn't they, be pet care. They bloody well can contribute too if we just let them. Yeah, it shouldn't be pet care, should it? No, and I mean... People walk their dogs, right? They don't play with their kids. <laughs> or if they do, it's grudging and, you know, whatever, right? But I just, I can't understand. Why, why would you go through labor, pregnancy, birth, all the expense, the years? Why, if you don't want to know what your children are thinking and feeling, if that doesn't fascinate you? I'm, I'm fascinated by what my wife thinks. and I always want to know. Because she's so interesting and so much fun. I just, this just, you know, between you, me, and whoever else hears this, I just can't understand it. Yeah. But anyway, so we, we, we can end up here, but I just... I just wanted you to get a sense of what's what's missing. If we don't see what's missing, then we kind of stumble around, right? Mm-hmm. No, I I really appreciate uh, I really appreciate your time. Um, thank you so much uh, for for the perspective. That's that's pretty much exactly what. I, excuse me. <laughs> that's exactly what I was looking for. And uh, how did, how did the conversation go relative to what you were thinking, or did we? go close to what it is you actually wanted to talk about or did we just go another one of my windy cruises um, around Steph Brain or <laughs> No, uh the I I really enjoyed the conversation. Um it I I wasn't I wasn't really planning on on talking about the foo right now. Um but I uh, yeah I <laughs> Oh come I was, on. Come on. <laughs> I, I really I was, you were gonna I was, call me and say that you wanted to get to the truth. And you didn't think that I was going to – and you've listened already to a whole bunch of podcasts and you've read the books, so you don't need anything theoretical from me, right? 
Well, I, I had I had in my mind a, a different conversation in the future, <laughs> uh, not 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 the distant future, the the near future. After I had uh, had uh, the conversation with my mother, which is uh, which is fast approaching, uh, right. And you know, like I don't. Uh, it's not like I love talking about philosophy, so it's not like ooh, let's go to the psychological stuff, right? But it's just that right. you, you obviously a highly intelligent fellow, great language skills, obviously an excellent taste in philosophy, and. You want to be able to help the world. You want to be able to enlighten people, right? Right. Um, yeah, the, the, the first thing that I really wanted to do, which was, uh, which was, I think, sort of what I started off saying is uh, just start living by, by my values more. Um, this was, <laughs> what, what was I thinking? <laughs> that was pretty silly of me. <laughs> right. I guess that. <laughs> I guess that the right place to go <laughs> to go to start doing that is the foo, isn't it? <laughs> now, see, see, what your true self was doing was saying, "Oh yeah, don't worry, we'll talk to Steph. We're not going to talk about the family thing. No, oh, don't worry about that. We'll just go talk about something abstract, you know, or some how do we best debate about the Fed, something like that. Don't you worry your pretty little head about nothing, right? And, and then your your true self gets on the call. It's like foo, 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 right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh. <laughs> well, and the, the reason like you you obviously have the the intellectual and, and language skills to to be able to do some fantastic things in the world, some great and meaningful and deep and powerful and wonderful and fantastic things in the world, right? To be a lighthouse, to be a beacon, to really you know, send your brain fire over the night sky, right? Light up the world. But if you don't know your history if you don't know yourself, if there's lots that you don't understand yet about your own history, not because you're not bright enough, but just because it's not convenient for your family if you understand these things, then your capacity to enlighten other people will be crippled, right? Right. Because if, you miss, is... obvious, if you miss what are obvious truths to, to outsiders in your own life, they won't give you any credibility about anarcho-capitalism. <laughs> yeah. They won't. Because they'll say, well, if you can't notice the obvious things in your own life, why should I believe you about a stateless society in the future? Mm-hmm. Right. I really, really want to get to the bottom of all of that. Um, the, the history and, or excuse me, the personal history. Right. Really want to get working on that. <laughs> And what, what that gives you is freedom and flexibility, right? That means, like, if people want to talk to me about my family, I'll talk to them, right? I don't have any landmines. I don't have any things that I need to avoid. Uh, maybe I do, but I, none that I know of, right? And if there is one, then I'll say, oh, shit, a landmine. Let's talk about that, right? But it gives right. me freedom to go anywhere. And with that freedom comes infectiousness for other people, right? I think that's why people like the podcast, because there's a freedom in them, right? Mm-hmm. Certainly. So... Anyway, that's why I go to that kind of stuff. So I hope that uh, makes mm -hmm. some sense. <laughs> makes more sense than what I came to you with, that's for sure. <laughs> well, no, but what you came to me with was I want to be an effective communicator about the truth and about freedom. And it's like, okay, let's see where you are with the truth of yourself, and then we'll see where you are with the truth of philosophy. And look, I mean, to your credit, I think you just did fantastic, uh, what, an hour, 20 minutes of work. I think you just did fantastic work. I mean, I think that... Your capacity to be open, to be good-natured, to be curious uh, about this stuff is hugely admirable. And so I think that, I mean, 
just did great stuff here. Well, I learned from the best. <laughs> right, right. Even if you had to trick yourself to get in here, you made it work. That's beautiful. <laughs> and is okay. Is there anything else that you wanted to ask, or I guess I've given you enough to mull over? Do you that's, mind if this is a if, <clears throat> if this is a podcast? Do you want to listen to it again, or uh, if if I could listen to it one more time, that would be great. Um, yeah, if you want anything but, changed, but, just uh, let me know if you want to, me to put you through. Uh, I have a, a, a piece of software called the Vulcanator, and what it does is <laughs> it puts you into uh, Spock voice, and that could be useful as well. Can, can you give me a little bit of a falsetto as well? <laughs> oh, absolutely. That way you can get a gleeful shriek. All right, well, thanks for the call, and uh, I will send you a copy of this, uh, and uh, I hope that uh, um, it was useful for you. No, thank you, Steph. It definitely was. Um, have have a really good night. All right, take care, man. Night. <laughs>